Welcome to episode 157 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. This show was recorded on Sunday, 23rd of April, 2017. The Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast is brought to you by Jensen USA, where you'll always find a great selection of products at amazing prices with unparalleled customer service. For more information, just go to jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. And now for a limited time, new customers to Jensen USA who are referred by the spokesman get 10% off one item. Simply enter the spokesman, no spaces, at checkout. Hey everybody, it's David from the Fredcast Cycling Podcast at thefredcast.com. I'm the host and producer the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. For show notes, links, and other information, simply go to our website at the-spokesman.com. And now, here are the Spokesmen. Hello, and welcome to episode 100, 157 of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. And we are recording this on Sunday, April the 23rd. And uh, Donna's not here, so technically it is kind of a, a men. Today is a spokesmen um, podcast because it's just us blokes, us bicycling blokes. Uh, so there's three of us here today. Uh, one is a newbie. One has, hasn't been on the show for I, I don't know how long, but just so long. Uh, but yes. before I introduce that, this, this new surprise guest... I'd like to go to Jim, who has been on the show uh, frequently over the last few months. So hello there, Jim. How are you, Carlton? Do you know, Jim, I'm doing good. And thank you for reminding me. I'm Carlton Reed, and I'm the editor of Bike Biz. I always forget to do that. So people just listen to this this uh, strange <laughs> voice from England. And who the hell is that? OK, so I'm Carlton. Thank you. Thank you for reminding me of who I am, Jim. <laughs> and our Somebody mystery guest... Someone oh, uh, needs to sit on a couch after that discussion and talk to a therapist for a while. I need to be reminded who I am. You're right. Uh, the uh, mystery guest is is not such a mystery, but he certainly hasn't been on the show for a wee while. And we are going to discuss why this mystery guest hasn't been on the show for a wee while, even though we do hear his voice every single show. And that's David. David Bern, Bernstein, 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 Bernstein. Is that right? Am I pronouncing your name right there? I decided a long time ago that it didn't matter how you pronounced it. Here's why. A little history for you. So when my grandfather emigrated to the United States, or immigrated, when he came to the United States, Mm. his name did end in Stein. Actually, it was Borenstein. Borenstein. Ah. And of course, when in those days, you would come through Ellis Island to come to the United States, Mm. and the the immigration officer, and there's some funny stories around this, some sad, would decide what your name was, and and his name was changed to Bernstein. Mm. It's funny when people say to me, is it Bernstein? Is it Bernstein? I say yes. Mm. Take take it, whatever you want. Now, Carlton, mm. it is you have to be gentle because this is the first time I've been on this side of the microphone <laughs> and uh, I'm a little nervous. We so, can get uh, your views. <laughs> we can ask you stuff. Uh, we all know that I always give my views. Well, yeah, I can, I can why, prod you. Why, Carlton, Carlton let's, mm. let's, let's talk a little bit. So uh, here I am, you're, you're hosting again, and I have to say you've been doing 
just an amazing and fantastic job. Been very consistent with production of the shows. When you when you can't get people like me, Jim, to agree to get up on a, on a Sunday morning uh, after a bender and come on the show, <laughs> um, it, you've you've done a really great job of bringing in interviews. And and I know because I looked yesterday. I know from our downloads that the listeners are really appreciating it. And so you're just doing an amazing job. So kudos to you. Well, thank um, you. And and why is it that we're doing that? So let's let's discuss that just a little bit, Carlton. Let me see um, who's in charge. I'm confused. Who's I'm, in charge? I'm just sitting back. I'm fine. I'm fine with this. Go, who is in no, charge? No, you, no. Who's in charge? I, I am. A, I am a hundred percent in charge. But I'm very happy for you to explain <laughs> why you're on the show today and why in previous shows you might not have been around quite so much. So let, let's yeah, so, just talk about why. I'm I'm running a company. And um, running around like crazy, putting on 150,000 miles on a single airline every year. Mm. Um, not United. Uh, no. Not <laughs> you have, you've got the bruises to show it. Yeah. Well, actually, if you go out there, there's now a viral video, video about American this morning. But anyway, um, neither of those airlines, and we all know that I'm in Utah, so it's pretty clear then which mm. airline has its hub here in Salt Lake City. Anyway, um, I travel a bunch. I run a company. Um, I am just incredibly busy. And I'll be honest with you, my weekends are for my family uh, when I'm not traveling. Uh, and it's just, I, I hope the listeners will understand that th- that's just the way that it is. I got to earn money to pay the mortgage and two college tuitions and, uh, and everything that goes around that. And um, it's not that I don't still love cycling and the cycling industry. It's just at a certain point, um, I had to make a choice. And the choice was I got to concentrate on my day job mm. and I got to concentrate on my family and I will be on the show when I can. But for all intents and purposes, this is becoming a show hosted by Carlton Reed and ably, capably uh, and reliably hosted by Carlton Reed. Thank you. Well, let's go. Let's go backwards there, David, and talk yeah. about because you introduce yourself and in fact, your Skype profile still has this. Uh, and the logo still has this. And that is a show that was before the spokesman. So mm-hmm. even older than an 11, 11-year-old spokesman, there was another show mm-hmm. which which also basically stopped being recorded. So mm-hmm. was that for the roughly the same reason that mm-hmm. you're giving yeah. here? So the, well, I'm talking about the Fredcast here. Yeah. So we're talking about the Fredcast Cycling Podcast. Um, the Fredcast, so it's a, it's, a, it's a long story, which maybe one day we'll, we'll do sort of in an interview maybe and just talk about, but I started the Fredcast many, many, many years ago, maybe 11, 12 no, years no. ago. Yeah. Check. 12 must be 12. Yeah. And, um, it, you know, I really sort of started on a whim. I remember my wife, Donna say, I say, said to her, have you ever heard of a podcast? And at the time, nobody had heard of podcasts. Mm-hmm. I said, I just read this article and it, you know, I think it was in the LA times magazine and, and, you know, that guy from MTV is doing these things. And it, I, I think I'm going to do this. And she looked at me and said, yeah, right. Um, and here we are about 12 years later, um, at the time the Fred cast, well, there was a time when for a long time when the Fred cast was the single most popular cycling related well, sports related podcast in the world. Um, ho- boasting 60 to 80,000 downloads per show. Mm. Um, it was a lot of work. It was a lot of fun. It brought a lot of opportunity to me. Um, and it was, it was really a pleasure doing it. It just became a lot of work. And at a certain point I said, 
I just can't do this anymore. And so I stopped doing it. Um, somewhere in the beginning, I decided to do this show and I'm going to be honest with the listeners and say, um, it was originally modeled, uh, after a show called this week in tech uh, by Leo <laughs> Laporte. Yeah. Um, twit has become an empire for Leo and, and his wife, um, and, and all of their, uh, their hosts on their network. Uh, but it was it was a roundtable, and and it was originally um, not only modeled after Twit, but I, I saw what Leo was doing. Leo was was helping other people in the tech industry uh, promote each other, so it was sort of just a mutual promotion vehicle. And I thought, wow, this is really interesting. I, I know some folks in the bike business. I think it would be uh, fun if we all got together and, and just sort of chatted about cycling, um, and we promoted each other. So. If you remember back in the day, Carlton, I know you do. Mm. Um, Carlton's been here since the beginning. Um, uh, we had Jeremy Vaught, who was doing a triathlon podcast. Um, from his, he would record it in his minivan, <laughs> which I don't think a lot of people know. Um, we had um, Tim Grawl, mm -hmm. who was doing a mountain bike and 29er podcast and website. Um, uh, Carlton, who else? Tim Jackson was on way back in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. I have to go back exactly and find out when people first came on. But yeah, Jeremy yeah. Vaught definitely, and he went on to like politics career. He uh, did, and At then social media for politics. That's right. And then, uh, well, uh, um, Graal went on Tim, yeah. to, to he. In fact, I still uh, keep in touch with him now and again because he does a. Uh, like a, a a book marketing service does Tim, yep, yep, and, yep. and so I get his emails. Successful. Yeah, so and he gets so people it, into the top, you know, ten of the New York bestseller list, all this kind of stuff. So I get his emails frequently. He's nothing to do with bikes anymore. Yep. He's he's transitioned completely away from bikes, but he does mention it now and again. So when on his podcasts, his book podcasts, he will say, "And this is where I came from. I came from the world of bicycling, but he's then went away from the world of bicycling." And us lot have stayed in the world of bicycling. Yeah. <laughs> but you guys I'll, have got day jobs outside. I'll tell you, Carlton, what's interesting is yesterday when I was looking at the at the spokesman stats, um, you know, and I said, hey, look, I can see that the listeners are really appreciating what Carlton is doing. I went and I looked at the Fredcast stats. Mm. Now, I stopped recording the Fredcast. I'll have to look back. But a year ago, maybe more, maybe more. Do you know last month there were 5,000 downloads of the Fredcast? I do, because I look at the stats too. <laughs> I, I do like the same account yeah. but that that is why it, it is we will talk about the history of podcasting in another show for for reasons we aren't yeah. going to talk about today um but that is the interesting thing about podcasts is they, they just they last forever they're there and yeah. it's a back catalog and when people find a podcast it does appear that they go through that back catalog and even if it's not an up-to-date because obviously the, the fredcast i mean we just talk crap but the, the fredcast was talking about <laughs> You know, timely, timely stuff. You know th th that yeah. that Tour de France that particular year. So, what kind of relevance would it be now? But people still want to go and listen to those things, which I find fascinating. Why people want to go? Through. It's like watching the news from you know three months ago. Why would you do that? But there's yeah. a there's a, an appetite for that because of I guess because of the other things that are on that show. Yeah, you know, it's not just timely did, stuff. There was other stuff. Yeah, I did product reviews and things mm. like that. It's funny because there were there were a couple of years where I also did one called um, the Daily Tour, where every single day I would sit at this desk and I would record a synopsis 
Mm. Is a tour stage, tour de France stage, and then a preview of the next stage every single day. And I was, I was, this was okay. So all you people live tweeting bike races, I was one of the first people doing that. I was Mm. doing that years, 10 years ago. Um, nobody was, was, was listening. I figure I lost, um, Twitter followers every year when I did, it. <laughs> but, mm. but I did. And it, and it was, um, yeah, it was, it was something that I did. I don't know why. Maybe I was ahead of my time. We're all ahead of our, our time, David. Yeah, Everybody listens to the show to is also ahead of their time because they're listening to podcasts, which yeah. is a, which is still a, a niche thing at the end of the day. I know it's growing, but there's a, there's a piece on the BBC the other day, in fact, talking about, uh, is podcasts the next next big thing and that's like because that's exactly what they were talking about 12 years ago uh is it the next big thing and, and it 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 kind of like went away for a bit in in consciousness and it does seem to be coming back again now in in public consciousness and it, that there was that big gap um can can i ask you a question that mm, the listeners may find interesting mm, what do you what podcast do you listen to and Jim, whole, I'm coming to you next. I know I'm the, not There's a whole right bunch of, and I, it is cycling tips. So the cycling tips one is very good. Uh, there's a new one, uh, literally new, which is, in fact, it's two American women, but they're based in the UK. And I'll put that in the show notes uh, uh, later. I did a story about it on, on Bike Biz. It's basically two bike shop people uh, uh spinning yarns basically but they sound as though they're having a lot of fun so one is london bike mm. kitchen which is like a uh, like a, a cooperative um where they're, they're kind of like doing workshop skills for people and then look mum no hands which is a, a very famous london bike shop stroke uh, coffee shop and stroke bar so they've teamed huh. up and that that's that's a, a fantastically brand new uh, 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 podcast, which let's hope they keep it up because, as we know, it's it, it's difficult to actually keep these things going. So the fact that we've been going for eleven years is phenomenally uh, newsworthy in many respects mm. because it's it's just there ain't many shows that have been that are that old mm. and as, and and have been coming out that long. You know, so kudos to us. Yeah, Jim, do you listen to podcasts? No, really. Yeah, um, it, 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 the reason is is that while I'm working, they actually interrupt. Mm-hmm. Um, I can listen to other things, you know, NPR or whatever, and it doesn't seem to uh, mess up with my concentration. And lately, I haven't driven anywhere long enough uh, to take the time to download a podcast and listen to it in the car. And, and um, so I'm just not – I'm just – you know, my, my car trips are quick and short nowadays. Uh, maybe in the fall, I'll listen to a few of them on the way uh, up to teach. But wow. no, I haven't been haven't been into it. Although I heard of a new mountaineering one the other day that I might listen to once. But most of them, I, I, um, I they, you know, a good podcast you got to listen to. You yeah. Know, you, you you know, and I don't want I don't want to interrupt driving type of deal. Um, and I want to, the other thing is I want to react. I want to yell at them sometimes. Hey, that's not right. You know, that type of stuff. Do you know, a lot of people, um, when you, when you start talking to people about who listen to this show is quite a few of them are doing it when they're training as in on a static trainer. So yeah. they will listen when they're on a, on rollers or whatever, which, uh, is interesting because it's an hour long show. So it's so a normally, so that's an hour on the rollers. Oi, that's, <laughs> that's too long for me. 
you know, um, it's funny that you, so I may, I may now go back and listen to some of these cycling podcasts you're talking about. I always had a policy, uh, which was as long as I was recording cycling podcasts, I would not listen to another cycling podcast. Um, I didn't, Why? I, I, it, this may sound strange, but I didn't want to, um, whether by accident or subconsciously or even intentionally, I didn't, I didn't want to have anybody else's content uh, seeping into one of my shows. And so I, I never, I've never, I never listen. It's funny. I started the, the yes. Fred cast because I went looking for a cycling podcast. Mm. This is my famous story. And I found them all really high on the dude content and really low on the information content. Mm. Uh, and so for that reason, I started the Fred cast. And then at that point I said, well, I'm never going to listen to another cycling podcast because I don't want to, um, you know, sort of poison the well. So I listen to, I still listen to this week in tech. They're up to episode 611 today. And I've listened to every single one of them. Um, I still listen to Mac break weekly. I've listened to every single one of them. And then this was interesting. I was interviewing Seth and and I forget the young lady's name that was with him one year at press camp from uh, Camelback. Mm-hmm. And when we were all done, she said, I love podcasts. My favorite podcast is this one that's produced by an NPR station in New York. It's called Radio Lab. And it yeah. is now it is now one of my favorite podcasts. It's it's just fantastic. Um so I don't listen to cycling podcasts. That's interesting because I only listen to cycling podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but that that is also my day job in that I've got to keep abreast of these things. I mean, cycling yeah. tips is is a new, not never new, but it's it's an absolutely fascinating website, not just podcast, yeah. which is is based in Australia, but it's taken a whole bunch of American. So James Huang um, is writing for them. All sorts of really, really uh, good people uh, are writing for Cycling Tips. And then their podcast is excellent. And then I've just got to keep abreast of, of what's going on in the industry because of my, my day job. So professionally, I've got to listen to them. Yeah. And uh, they are getting better. You know, the, the you... production st- standards now are, uh, yeah, well, about a billion times higher than ours. You know, where, where, where's minnows compared to some of these big budget um productions but that begs the question do they keep going because when you do big budget and when you go all out into into doing these things well that's that's a hell of a big ask all the time because podcasting doesn't make a huge amount of money (laughs) one of my favorite podcasts um years and years and years ago when i was still in la and I, i can remember God, I remember where I was listening to it. Um, when I was living in LA, I was I was an active private pilot, um, and uh, really, yeah. And there was a uh, podcast that I loved listening to uh, that was produced by a Delta Airlines pilot um, about you know our age, and um, um, I just really enjoyed listening. And his production quality was unbelievable. Uh, um, you know, he would bring in cool sound bites and music and you know he'd be walking through an airport he'd be talking about walking through an airport and you'd hear airport sounds and and just the production was beautiful just like 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 radio lab their production mm-hmm. every time i listen to it i comment on how wonderful it is but i also know how time consuming that is yeah. uh, and how difficult it is and so my apologies to the listeners over the last 12 years it's just sorry i just never had that kind of time well if it does take an enormous amount of effort, so what the specials that I'll do, where I'll go to Eurobike or I'll go to Velo City, I will take the time and effort to to do sound uh, bites from from various people and then splice them all together. But it does take an awful lot of effort to do that, so that that yeah. can't be 
you know, a daily, a weekly, even a monthly thing. That's got to be, you know, a special now and again. So we are then very, very reliant, as I'm sure people appreciate, on Skype. So last show, we had some problems with Jim. Uh, and we we basically couldn't Technical have you on, Jim. Technical problems. Isn't that every problems. show? Don't we have problems with Jim every show? <laughs> no, I mean today is is excellent audio quality. So and that's what we've got to work with. We haven't got you know studios out here. We're we're recording at home over a, a public network that sometimes can get quite flaky. But we had we have so we have had a, a few shows where the audio uh hasn't been perfect normally it's it's one or two guests and that that because you want to hear what they they're having to say but it really is a struggle and you you just hope that well i hope listeners also want to struggle along with us here because it's 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 interesting stuff but it just it like the one that was coming from a swamp you know was that last two shows ago It, it was a struggle but it was absolutely worth kind of working through those audio snafus would you agree yeah absolutely and and um early in my podcasting career i would get email sorry listeners mm. but i would get emails from listeners who would say oh i'm never listening to your show again that audio quality if you have one more show or the audio and i finally said <clears throat> deal with it it's free um um and i stopped worrying about it uh if if there's a little bit of background noise as i can even hear right now We'll do our best to get rid of it in post, but mm. you know what? We're not audio engineers. We're a bunch of guys who are in the bike industry who, you know, do this for nothing. Um, by, by the same token, you do sound as though you are sitting right next to me right now, and you're not. You are yeah, absolutely right. at the other yeah. side of of the world. Well, we do our best, but but at a certain point, um, it's the best we can do. I think Skype is getting better, actually. Well, certainly than ten, you know, better than ten years ago. Yeah, I mean, there was there was dropouts and all sorts. Whereas now oh, yeah. we're not getting so many dropouts. It, it'll just be yeah. somebody's audio. Well, just one person will not be so fantastic. Yeah. Last time it was Jim, but today he's good, so we're good. Well, I I added a dictation uh, software program to my machine, um, and I found out that it had changed some settings that made me sound like I was at the bottom uh, of a well. Okay. That had interference. Okay. So when I finally got the settings changed back, which of course, you know, digging through takes about an hour just to search it, and then you click on one button and you're done, you know. So okay, well, we're glad we cleared that up. Right, that's the show for today, then, folks. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's get into the show proper, then, shall we? Yeah. Uh, and we've instantly. We, it does seem as though we're having an awful lot of these, and these are RIPs. These are people who've died. And we just we just have to do these things way more than we ought to. Uh, so Michelle Scarponi died, and uh, I actually wrote uh, in my tweet when I mentioned this. I said he was killed by an inattentive driver. I then got people commenting on that in on Twitter saying, "I'm glad you wrote it that way." Obviously, it's an awful thing to to have to write, but I'm glad you wrote it that way because virtually every other tweet I've seen, every other media. Uh, channel and this is why i changed the the link by the way david from the bbc mm-hmm. story to the cycling news story because the mainstream media were reporting this awful death as uh, a collision between a cyclist and a truck 
I I'm hate so that glad, kind of language. I'm so glad you mentioned that because the first article that I read yesterday morning as I was just sort of going through my Twitter feed with my cup of coffee mm. was, and I believe it was, forgive me if I'm wrong, but I believe it was on the Velo News website and it was the AFP story, the Agence mm. France Press, which is... Um, the French equivalent of our Associated Press here in the States. And AFP, in the very first sentence, said that Michele Scarponi was killed when he and I'm, collided with a van. Mm -hmm. And I went, what? Did he run into the back of the van? No, he didn't. What you're reporting is significantly more accurate. Yes. I mean, but basically, it's, it's the use of language is very important in these things. And this is not a cyclist thing. You'll hear the same thing. You'll in, in the UK press, you'll get 90-year-old pedestrian collides with HGV truck. It's like, no, it was a 90-year-old pedestrian hit and killed, not by a truck, but by a motor, a driver who happened to be using that particular vehicle. And it's just the way that... And I think this is the last... Five to ten years, this has changed. And on social media, when, when these, this issue comes up, you will get people asking mainstream journalists, why do you use that kind of language? They say it's, uh, it's kind of like the, the style, like the house style that they've now got to use. When you then start going in and asking them even more about this, there is no house style on this. They can they can talk about it in the same way that Cycling News talked about it. You can just say killed by an inattentive driver. You do not have to say collided with a truck. So what we think is happening, or the people who are interested in these kind of things, is that journalists around the world are in effect copying off each other. They're not being told in an editorial fashion, this is what you must, this is how you must describe uh, uh, road traffic incidents not accidents incidents they're basically copying each other so this is now the, you, the, the same thing you see in in the european press you will see in the u.s press where that they're, they're they're making this so anodyne so that somehow the motorist is not at fault it could be equal and we know that's not the case in in the great majority of these incidents that is absolutely not the case and if only journalists would report it, just don't don't go down that line. Just report it. At, you're a journalist. Report it as is. Why? I, why I hide think, this? I think there's something different going on. I think that there is such a bias for vehicles. I, I was somebody emailed me the other day about renting an outdoor equipment piece. And I said to them, as long as the rental car companies at the airport can rent the most dangerous thing invented by mankind, you should be able to rent a canoe or a stove or whatever you want to rent. We have such a bias in favor of vehicles, of cars, both here and now, I believe, in Europe. You cannot get laid unless you have a nice car. You cannot enjoy life unless you have a nice car. You cannot go to work unless you have a nice car. I can remember my first real job after college, the first thing that the person said to me was, you need to get a better car. <laughs> yeah. Jim, I, I agree with all of that. However, we've had that kind of culture for the best part of 110 years. 
it's something happened. So there's something different. It's not just a, a, a motoring culture thing. Something has happened in the last five to ten years that has made journalists use this kind of uh, language that uh, hides the truth on these kind of incidents. And I don't think it's just... I, I agree that's part of it. The bias is clearly part of it. But something else... That, and there really needs to be a PhD on but, this because something has uh, happened in the last few years to, to change it. I think it's not... <clears throat> see, I'm not the host. I could be a little political. You can. I don't think that it's just about uh, bikes and cars. I think it's about journalism, period. Mm. Um, I, I have stopped watching the news. Um, I will only read um, sources that I think are as neutral as possible. But n notice what I said there. You know, if you go back and you watch Citizen Kane, um, it, you look it, it, 20 years ago, if you watched that movie, you would say, wow, people were really like that. There was really what we called then yellow journalism. Um, there was really biased journalism. What happened to, uh, you know, we have Walter Cronkite and Walter Cronkite, he's, he's the most trusted man in America. And I'm sure that you had your mm. equivalent in, in England, the BBC, you know, you, you listen to the Beeb and you know that you are getting the most accurate unbiased story there's, and by the way, on my presets, on my satellite radio in my car, I'm not listening to BBC. CNN. It's the BBC. That's right. Mm -hmm. Because I feel, still feel like from the Beeb, I'm getting um, a more neutral, more accurate, and by the way, news that isn't just about what's happening in Washington, D.C., because it's pretty much all you get anywhere else. Let me go back to cycling. I don't think that it's just about bikes and cars. I think it's about everything. It's like everywhere you go, it's either – politically correct. In other words, we can't blame anyone. We can't make a judgment about anything or anyone. Or it's about alt-truth, period. Mm. There just is no more um, honest journalism. And if there is, it's, it's you got to seek it out. And so, Carlton, you saying that he was killed, and I want to talk about him because he deserves talking about. Mm. He was killed by an inattentive driver. I mean, that may even be a little bit soft, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. He was killed by a negligent driver. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right, Jim? Well, except we're so afraid of, of making a commitment. I mean, 20 years, 30 right, years ago. I agree. When I was growing up, the news was reported, and the killer went out and stalked the guy until he was dead. And now we say the alleged... <laughs> You know, criminal. Mm. There's, you know, there's everyone's a, afraid of making a, a mistake. There's an Instagram feed that I follow. Um, when there's bad news that happens um, around the world, you will, you are hard pressed to find. And there's in these days, there's video of everything that happens. But you're hard pressed to find the actual video. There's an Instagram feed, Instagram feed that I follow that will show the the video. And we'll say, look, we realize that this is going to be difficult for people to watch, but it's important that you understand what's happening out there. The actual surveillance video, you know, I don't know, a, a stabbing somewhere or uh, a terrorist uh, being taken down in a street somewhere. I think it's important for people to see stuff like that. But good luck. Hey, you know what? Go look on TV and see if you can see video of 9-11. Sorry. I'm no soapbox. I'm I'm stepping down now. <laughs> this is why we haven't had you hosting this show before. Look at this. 
Oh, this I should What's say. I, I'll, I'll, I'll rewind that. Actually, this is why you're the host and not a guest. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about Michele Scarponi because I I, I think that he he he's worth talking about. I mean, um, here's a guy who I don't know. Literally a few days ago, uh, won a stage mm. in the Tour of the Alps. Here's a guy who who what, what was he fourth? I think in the Tour of the Alps. Mm. Um, he's he's walked away with the the pink jersey from the Giro. Uh, he's, he's well known and well, well liked, like really well liked in the Peloton. Um, when he was implicated in operation Puerto, he cooperated and got a, 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 a lesser suspension as a result. So, okay, you know how I feel about doping, but, um, you know, for all intents and purposes, this was a pretty good guy, right? Well, that parrot thing, you really can't play that. (laughs) Enough. That's just phenomenal. Put a link in the show notes for that, would you? Yeah, yeah. Good idea. So yes, yeah, so uh, incredible shock. Um, a thirty-seven-year-old guy, twin boys. He tweeted the night before with his jersey on from the Tour of the Alps, with his twin boys on his back. It's just, ah, oh, it's just so incredibly sad, and of course preventable. This is why it's so sad because this is just. We don't know the full details, but we know enough to, to, to kind of like add up between one and one and making it two. And 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 um, two things. Somebody tweeted, I think it was a professional cyclist. I, I don't remember, so forgive me. But somebody tweeted yesterday something to the effect of um, a cyclist should never fear when he, go, when he or she goes out for a ride that they're not going to come home. Hmm. Uh, and, and I think that that really kind of encapsulates what happened here. Um, the, the other thing I wanted to mention, if you've never heard of the Tour of the Alps before, there's a reason. <laughs> um, the Tour of the Alps used to be called the Giro del Trentino. So if you've heard that name before, uh, the Giro del, del Trentino has now been sort of uh, rebranded as the Tour of the Alps. So just a, a, a little sidebar there. Mm. And Trentino is a very nice place. Indeed. Um, I also wanted to mention, even though I'm not sort of, you know, in your chair at the moment, um, I had intended to be at the Tour of Flanders. And this, this kind of points things out. Um, so I, I, I do a lot of business in, in Europe. Um, my company is, is based in Belgium. And um, I was really excited that I had the potential opera. I was, I was in Belgium in the lead up to the Ronde von Vlanderen and my, my Flemish friends will tell me I said that completely wrong and I butchered it. But, um, I had intended to be, uh, at a point on a hill where the cyclists come past three times where a very important crash in this year's, uh, tour of Flanders happened and I could have seen it, but I got called away. I was actually on an airplane headed back to the States. Um, for an important business meeting that came up at the last minute and I missed it and Carlton had asked me to report from it. So my apologies, Carlton. I'm, I mentioned I will, it on the I show. Two, oh, two show yeah. I did mention two shows ago because it is like, oh, that is gutting for you. Ugh. I remember getting the, the email. You're saying like you're, you're on an airplane. It's like, hang on. Why are you on an airplane? I know, right? Yeah, you're going, you're going somewhere <laughs> exotic as well. Were you going like Latin America somewhere? Um, yeah, I can't say. You can't say okay. Another <laughs> another part of the world. David was going another part to. of the world in the Americas. Um, in the Americas, and, yeah. And and the thing was, you know, I was in I was in West Flanders, and um, which is where our factory is located. And mm. uh, 
I needed to get up to Amsterdam for my flight. And it was, you know, let's get up at three in the morning and drive to Amsterdam. Yay. Um, Instead of getting up at, you know, eight in the morning and going and enjoying a bike race with a lot of uh, crazy Flemish fans and good Belgian beer. But next time. There's business for you, though. It's got to... You've got to sometimes do those things. Okay, now we will move on because I was actually talking about cycling tips before. And then one of the the things that we put in the show notes to talk about uh, is specialised, basically admitting they were in the the wrong on this particular crash that happened a few weeks ago now or two weeks ago. Uh, But it's still kind of interesting in that specialised admitted to this. And so the story I've linked to is actually by James Huang. Uh, on cycling tips and that is the Nikki Terpstra crash where if you remember in the uh the oh, I'm going to read here actually which is the the Mons et Pevelet sector so there you go um um, um in in Paris-Roubaix yes in Paris-Roubaix so that's the the part of the cobbles the part of the sets I should say so I've no doubt uh, just as you, you kind of like your Flemish was fant- um, fantastically terrible. My French was no doubt fantastically terrible there. So tips, Terpstra went down. Uh, nobody knew at the time why he'd went down. And then it turns out that he went down because of a wonky or a bad steerer tube. And then Specialized admit what had happened was they hadn't switched out a prototype one at all. And they just left the, the one in that uh, should have just been a marker rather than the, the real thing. Uh, and Specialized then say, it was us, Gov. So I'm not going to ask the lawyer here first. Uh, coming out with statements like that, is that good for them to, to admit, in effect, admit liability there, Jim? Well, it, let's see here. Is it good to admit liability? No. Is it good in this case because... One, it was a professional cyclist who was, I mean, who, who knows when you, when you become a professional cyclist at that level, you know you're going to be testing product. It's part of how you get paid. It's part of how you get your free bikes. Mm. You're going to be trying something new. Um, and, and there was a general communication breakdown between uh, Specialized, it seems like, and the team. Um, and I'm not blaming anyone as far as who would have had the communication breakdown because it's not... I'm sure I'm not quite sure it's clear yet, um, but I think in this case they really had no choice because, you know, once the team mechanic starts tearing apart the bike, um, they're going to see quite quickly that there was more than than just a you know I mean they're going to see the problem that the 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 tube cracked and and broke and that's why he went down. So I think Specialized was smart getting on top of this um, and coming out. And and there's really no liability issue because it was a free part to a professional cyclist who was working at the time. Um, so it was it was quite quite good on their part and and I don't think there's an issue they have to worry about and, and I'm glad they did. It's about time. I mm-hmm. think it's a uh, I think it's a marketing um, issue more than anything. Uh, you, as a cycling fan, you know that uh, you know what products particular teams are riding, uh, and when you see a, a cyclist go down for no apparent reason, uh, I think most people think, "Oh, something broke," mm. and therefore I think that Specialized had to come out once they figured out that this was what happened i think they had to come out and say um so yeah he was riding a prototype and um uh, we forgot to switch it out but don't worry if you buy this product in the future <laughs> yeah. um 
it will this will not happen you could go ride that same sector of cobbles and you know you're you're not going to have a problem so i think that it was it was um um a marketing statement more than anything and and i understand why they did that but look um <clears throat> forks are hard getting forks yeah. right uh, and and you know i know this from my experience actually Yes, folks, I actually was in the bike business at one point. Um, doing forks is a very, very difficult thing. And when, way back when, you guys remember when suspension forks first came out, um, <clears throat> this was commonplace, whether it was a steer tube or the fork crown or a fork leg or a dropout. Um, forks are hard. Mm. Um, I, you know, I watched product, a you mountain know? biker go over a jump one time and the fork – just in front wheel, the bottom part of the fork and front wheel just left the bike. It looked like somebody opened the Bombay drawer doors. And of course, the expression on the cyclist's face went from, wow, crap, this is going to be bad. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's, it, look, product design is hard, especially, you know, we all want lighter, but we also want stronger. Um, we all want to be riding the latest unobtainium materials. Uh, and, and, you know, so it's, it's, it's partially driven for, for, for consumers. It's driven uh, by consumers for the racers. They want to have the latest edge because as we all know, um, you know, the, the, the races can be won by the, by the width of a tire. Mm hmm. Okay, folks, we are going to stop there for an ad break. We don't normally have an ad break at this point in the show, but we were talking quite a lot about podcasts at the beginning there. So from a time-wise point of view, uh, we need to, to sit back and give everybody a break. And we are now going to go to some weird guy who tell us who the show sponsor is. Hey, Carlton, thanks so much. And it's it's always my pleasure to talk about our advertiser. This is a long-time loyal advertiser. We're glad to have them back again, of course, in 2017. You all know who I'm talking about. It's Jensen USA at jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. I've been telling you for years now, years, that Jensen is the place where you can get a great selection of every kind of product that you need for your cycling lifestyle at amazing prices and what really sets them apart because of course there's lots of online retailers out there but what really sets them apart is their unbelievable support when you call and you've got a question about something you'll end up talking to one of their gear advisors and these are cyclists i've been there i've seen it these folks this is something we'll talk about in today's show but these are folks who who ride their bikes to and from work these are folks who ride at lunch who go out on group rides after work because they just enjoy cycling so much. Uh, and, and so, you know, that when you call, you'll be talking to somebody who has knowledge of the products that you're calling about. Now talking about great deals, it is time for Jensen USA's annual bike sale, their 2017 annual bike sale. If, if you're looking for a new bike, whether it's a mountain bike, a road bike, a gravel bike, a fat bike, what are you looking for? Because now it's spring and the sun is shining and the birds are chirping and it's time to get back out on your bike. Check out Jensen USA's annual bike sale and you will not be disappointed. They always have great deals on complete bikes. I mean, I'll just give you an example. I'm looking at their website. A 2016 Orbea Occam TRM30, normally $3,999, now just $2,600. 
$99. What are you waiting for? It's a great bike from a great brand at a great price. Go ahead and check them out. Jensen USA, they are the place where you will find everything you need for your cycling lifestyle. It's jensenusa.com slash the spokesman. We thank them so much for their support, and we thank you for supporting Jensen USA. All right, Carlton, let's get back to the show. And we are back. Thank you very much, David, for that short interlude. And we've actually got David on the show today with us. How weird is that? Uh, Hi, David. And hi, Jim. We are still recording. And uh, I'd like to go on to the subject of sea otter in Mm -hmm. that uh, before we came on air, we were talking about sea otter because sea otter is happening right now in Monterey, California, which is where a lot of uh, bike products are now launched. Uh, to to not just the journalists, the, but to the general public, and, and normally quite a few months before they ever become available uh, on the general market. So Seattle is happening right now. But we we're talking about the fact that me as a Brit was the only one at the the current people on this show who's actually been to to Seattle. So you Americans have not been. Why, why haven't you been before, David? Uh, um, I don't know. Um... Years and years ago, the place to be when you wanted to see new products this time of year uh, was the Cactus Cup in mm-hmm. Scottsdale, Arizona. Mm-hmm. Uh, and psh, I remember exhibiting there uh, for Tioga, for FSA, for Shockworks. Go look that one up. Um, and uh, and that was the place. And I just never, never, ever made it up to Sea Otter. I think Sea Otter became what it is today after I moved here to Utah and um, Mm. it's just not quite as easy to get to from here. Mm. I will say um, I know that Tim is there Mm. for some of his clients. I know that uh, Fritz or uh, Richard. Richard's definitely there. Definitely there. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's about Um, probably four or five of the spokesmen and are actually up there. So yes, it's, it's it's a big deal. I got an email from uh, one of the guys at Beeline Bikes We've talked about them on the show before, the uh, sort of mobile bicycle Mm. repair service all around the the U.S. And um, he was was hoping that that I would be there, that I could talk. And I said, oh, you should should go find Tim. But he apparently, you know, if there's one of the sort of criticisms of all of these mobile bike repair shops that are going around is that in some ways um, one of the things that keeps people going to bike dealers – is the repair service. And so some concern that um, uh, by having all these mobile bike repairs, that's going to be one less reason for somebody to visit their IBD or independent bicycle dealer. Mm. And he was saying in the email that that they've been doing a lot of work on D2C um, through Beeline and that that's been quite successful for them. D to C through Beeline. Someone's going to explain that. So you know B2B, right? (laughs) Business to business. Or right. B2C, business to consumer. D2C would be dealer to consumer. So it, it, in other words, supporting the bicycle dealer, even though a mobile bicycle repair is coming to your house to fix your bike. Uh, the other way that they're doing it is they also encourage bike shops because these are uh, franchise services. Right. So these are you, – you spend however much money, uh, but it's, it's many multiples of, of thousands of dollars – to get a franchise and you, you kind of you, you you lease a mercedes van you get all the tools you, you get equipped and i'm presuming you get your training otherwise why would you do this um and then you go out there and so what they're trying to do is not just get uh, joe blow off the street to buy one of these franchises but for a bike shop to buy a franchise so that's even more 
direct uh, to the consumer in that they're aiming actually for bike shops to to take their workshops out on the on the road in effect have either of you used a mobile bike repair no yes oh totally. really yes oh yeah yeah how come <laughs> well wait you sound like you, not only how come but it sounds like you use it all the time yeah well i've got some weird bikes and some of my bikes don't travel very well. So it actually makes a, an awful lot of sense for, for people to come to me. If that was a bike shop, I'd be wait, happy wait for that bike shop to come here. But You it, just it said a bicycle doesn't travel well. In that Let's... if I had to physically get a broken down cargo bike or a broken down tandem in, it would be difficult to pedal it there. And it would also be difficult to, I mean, I haven't got a van. It would be difficult to get it there in, in a car. So it's just easier for them to to come to me. As soon as it's fixed, I can then pedal everywhere. But if it's not pedalable, I've got a... Are you happy service? Yeah. Yeah, totally. But I use bike shops too. So I I, I will mix and match depending on the bike. Do well, you... Because my Jim. bike shop is, is as much a social visit, uh, huh. a comedy routine, of course, whenever I bring in a bike. <laughs> they just think it's hilarious. And and um, an educational opportunity. Mm-hmm. Uh Hopefully, I impart some knowledge. I doubt it. And I always learn something, but I get caught up on what's going on in the community and what they're up to. And uh, and I, that would occur with, with a mobile bike shop, but it's there's only one person in the van. Um, and, you know, there's a long history of, of me taking in my repair work to this place after I've worked on my bike. <laughs> um, and, and I, you know, I like it. I... I I mean, so part of it is I don't want to switch. I'd have to find, you know, somebody new to deal with, and I'd have to develop a new personality for a new guy and gal or whatever it would be. And um, I don't know. I just haven't even thought about that. I I I, I really enjoy uh, going to my bike shop. In fact, I haven't been there in a while um, because the weather's been a little screwy and things are actually working fairly well with my bikes. And I felt guilty about that the other day. Jim, I haven't stopped by and said hi to these guys in a while. Get there tomorrow, uh, Jim. I'll go today. Yeah, that's true. Go well, I've, I've, I found a wheel that's out of true and mm. it's definitely on the list. So. so, David, you asked us the question, but how about you? Well, so it's funny because I'm sitting here listening to you guys and I always assumed that, that you guys, you know, were repair wizards and repaired your own bikes. And I'm... <laughs> I'm 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 surprised. No, I have never used a mobile bike repair service, but I was just telling Donna the other day that we should consider doing so, um, because the bike shop that I love the most is not exactly close. Carlton, I think you and I went there mm, we uh, down yeah. in Salt Lake City. Yeah, yeah, that's and actually, a long way away. <laughs> and actually, you and I need to go back because we were there when it was their old shop. They now oh. have a sorry. This is. I'm going to give them a plug. It's Contender Bicycles in Salt Lake City. Mm. Uh, and um, they have a brand new shop. Well, it's not brand new anymore. It's a few years old. But it is phenomenal. But the problem is, as you saw, it's not exactly close. No. So but do you have a mobile service that comes to, to Yeah. There, there's, well, so I've never used them. There's a, there's a mobile service here in uh, Park City that I, as I said, I told Donna the other day that we should, you know, we should have them come and do sort of a, a spring tune-up on our bikes. Um, but I'm just blown away that the two of you don't repair your own bikes. I'm not making fun. I'm just just surprised. I do repair my own bike. I spend hours working on my bikes, and then when I get done, I have to take them into a shop to have them fixed. (laughs) Do it properly. Yeah, I've been there. Yeah. 
<laughs> I have I have a a big red t- rolling toolbox, you know, with with compartments, and I got a steel cabinet now with spare parts. And and other than my nephew and my brother stopping by to borrow things permanently, um, you know, I get there and I put it on my feedback sports bike stand, and I go to work, and then I take it down, and put it in the back of my car, and drive it up to Green Mountain Sports. When I'm touring, when I'm in the middle of nowhere, I can fix a bike. If I'm not in the middle of nowhere and I'm not touring, it just makes much more sense for somebody else to to fix it for me because they're the experts and I would just be not be quite so good out in the sticks. So I can rescue stuff, but I wouldn't want to yeah. finesse stuff, you know, to, to get the, the absolute pinnacle of perfection for the bike, then yeah, I, I wouldn't brakes, do that bit. My brakes are either too t- too quick, you know, just they're just too close, or they're not close enough. So I either just can the breeze hits them and I'm slowing down with my brake pedal brake levers, or I squeeze them all the way to the handlebars. You know, there's just little things like that. And then mm-hmm. if I get I fix my brakes the other day, and I take my front wheel off and I have to pound it with my hand to get it through the brakes because they're too tight. You know. But I fixed them. <laughs> I've also got some very weird bikes with weird internal gears, which I don't want to touch. But there are experts yeah. who, you know, have got certification in these internal gears systems. So there's just some things I'm not going to touch at all. Far happier for an expert to to touch, whether that's a mobile mechanic, because that's an, a, a brand new sector. And I don't diss that sector at all. Uh, in, 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 although lots of independent bike shops might diss that sector, but it's merging in that you know, you, as you're saying, it's it's the beelines of this world are trying to to link up with bike shops and vice versa for all sorts of perfectly intelligent reasons. So mm-hmm. the two sectors which were apart are now meeting much more in the middle, and I would encourage people to use them. Because they do a better job I, than me. I'm not the best bike mechanic in the world, so I'm always going to give uh, the job to an expert. How did we get onto that? That's not even in the show notes. <laughs> Sorry, my fault. I just, I just, I just thought it was an interesting topic. I yeah, no, no, that, I agree. I that um, well, we were talking about I, sea otter. <laughs> yeah, I, I think, I think that some of the listeners will probably also be surprised to hear that we don't fix our own bikes, right? We're the spokesman, for goodness sake. I write about them. Yeah, I don't, we talk. Yeah, we, I talk about them. I write about them. I don't tend to have yeah. to want to get my hands dirty all the time. I'm, I like riding them, not not fixing them. I've, I've always been like that. I'm not really that fussed about fixing bikes. The, the process of cycling for me is all, you know half amazement half the time, half amazed that I'm actually on a bike and haven't crashed yet, and that the bike works, you know? <laughs> My whole life is one big surprise. (laughs) And you're you're cycling for originally for health reasons, Jim. How did you get into cycling right at the beginning? Oh yeah, yeah. I'm treating this as a segue into the next uh, uh, (laughs) part of the show, by the way. So you better tell me, yes, it was for health. I'm impressed. (laughs) And, And but as more than anything, stress. You know, no matter what's gone on during the day. um, 
you know, how bad my day is. When I get back from a bike ride, it's, it's life is good again. Mm. You know, it, it, with, with the sweat goes the stress and, 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 you know, I didn't ride a lot at all. In fact, it was the worst year of my life in 2016. And just already this spring, my blood pressure's back down. My pulse has dropped below 72 again. Um, I mean, you know, it's, it's quite visible to see the improvements in your life when you get out, you get relaxed, you have a good time. I got to see a kingfisher the other day <laughs> on my bike path, one of my bike path rides, sitting on a bridge pylon. Um, kingfishers are hard to see, and this was a large one. I can't remember the exact name of it. But, you know, that's, that's Eric, beautiful. And, and Jim, by the way, just personally, I'm glad to hear that you're doing really well because I know how difficult last year was. I remember, you know, seeing you at outdoor retailer and you're like, I don't know if I want to walk all the way over there. So I'm, I'm glad to hear that. Well, I, I drop in the Grand Canyon again in two weeks. We'll see if I can kill myself again. <laughs> Please be careful. So Jim, that was just a, a very, very loose excuse to, to segue into the next story, which is I'm sure everybody's seen, heard and seen from this story because it was everywhere in the middle of the week. And that's the story. It's um, a five-year study from Scotland, but it has this story has gone international. I've seen lots of Americans talking about this particular story. Now, we know that cycling is this magic pill, uh, in, not in doping terms, but in health terms, uh, in, in that if you cycle more, then you, you add yes to your life, etc. Uh, and we have seen study after study after study mentioning this and it almost becomes you know oh yeah another study that says cycling so fantastic for you yet this one is a really really big one in that it's it's 250,000 people were part of the uh, uh the study there are all sorts of caveats involved here in that you know a lot of these people were self-selected for this thing called biobank despite all of that you, you kind of you, you you obviously you take all the biases out and you still get this incredible results which you know, if they invented a pill that did this, absolutely every single government will be prescribing this for their their population because it cuts risk of disease in half. So cancer, halved. Heart disease, cardiovascular disease, halved. These are just amazing, amazing results. And it's not, it wasn't just exercise. So lots of people can say, oh, yes, but I exercise lots because that'd be the, the, you get the same benefits. It was very specific, this, this, um, this study, in that they, they looked at walking to work, they looked at cycling to work, they looked at all sorts of active commuting to see what was actually doing people the, the, the most benefit. And they found that it was cycling to work. There just seems to be this, this level of exertion, length of time that most people are cycling to work, and the very fact that it becomes habitual, in that if you start cycling to work, it's no longer going to the gym. It's no longer exercising. It's transport that's doing you good at the same time. So my question is, I, even though I, I, I said this was something that everybody's seen, did you see this study, uh, Jim? Oh, yes. And and how did you see this study? Because it, it obviously it was everywhere in the UK, but how did you see it in the US? Well, it, it came out about the same exact time as a study that showed that an hour of running increased your your lifespan by two hours or something, um, but in you know so it sort of got a little bit lost here I think. But more importantly, the the issue of cancer I think is one that may have discounted it a little bit. Um, people look at cancer as a disease that they have no control over, 
you know, that you're, you know, the dice are rolled and you get cancer or you don't get cancer. You know, heart disease, yeah, we understand that. We know that if you smoke or if you eat the wrong foods or if you don't exercise, you have a greater ch- – or you have the wrong genes, you have a greater chance of heart disease. So cycling then will affect heart disease. That's, that's simple math. Everyone can understand that. But the cancer, that's just – that's just – that blows away how cancer is presented here in the United States. Mm. And I would suspect worldwide cancer is something you get because of – you know, either relationship to a bad thing that we know is bad, um, or um, you know, just because it's your lucky day. Mm. David, do you see the story on American media, or would you pick it up from yeah. like the Brit media? No, no, it was everywhere. Um, I saw it in, in, in. I mean, I couldn't even tell you how many places I saw it in. It, it, it really did seem to be everywhere. Mm. I loved something that you just said, uh, and that is, if this was a pill. Uh, it would be prescribed to everyone. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is, is so right. And yet, um, we build a lot of infrastructure for cars and not necessarily a lot of infrastructure for, for bikes and cycling. And, and we, <laughs> we've talked about that at infinitum on this show. Mm. Um, I don't want to gloss over the fact that the study did say, yes, walking is also of benefit to you. Um, so look, if you, if you can walk to work, uh, do it. If you can walk your dog for 30 minutes a day, or you can just walk around the block, it's any of this kind of activity is helpful, but it is significant that it said specifically cycling would, um, you know, cut your risk of each of these uh, very serious things by 50%. Um, I can tell you from personal experience, um, by the time my dad was my age, uh, he had already had a heart attack. Mm. Um, and knock on wood, um, you know, I had a pizza last night and I don't feel really bad about that because I was on a ride yesterday and I'm going on a ride today and my doctor says I'm doing pretty darn well. Now, could I get struck by a bus tomorrow? Yes. Mm. Could I, you know, have some weird cardiac incident? Of course. But do I know for a fact that I'm in significantly better health than my dad was at this age, and yet I'm carrying all of those, um, as my doctor says, my dad keeps trying to kill me, right, because of my genetics. Mm-hmm. Even though I carry those genetics, I know that cycling is is absolutely um, benefiting me. And, 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 and this study, you know, I, to me that's subjective, but this study is objective proof. Uh, of all of that. And, and look, there's a reason why when you get an Apple watch or a Fitbit, uh, or, you know, you just look at your, your, um, the crud, I can't remember what, uh, the health app on mm. your, your iPhone. It says, uh, did you do 30 minutes of exercise today? And they don't care if that's walking or cycling or what it is, because there's a reason why 30 minutes, there's a reason why 10,000 steps, all of those things will lead to better health. And of course I know at the moment, Choir because I think the majority of everybody listens to the show is a cyclist, but uh, it bears repeating, and it's it's something that we should um, shout from the rooftops uh, for our non-cyclist you know, friends. Th- there's something else to be said, and and I of course could be the morbid person, but I've had to deal with it. Is is how do you want to go? I mean, no matter how I die, I'd much rather have done it on a bicycle than sitting on the couch. I'd much rather do it standing on the top of a mountain. Or a mountain bike climb, then you know, just waiting around and waiting. Um, I'd, I'd much rather go a day early uh, on a bike ride than uh, lasting forever 
uh, laying in a bed. So uh, even if even if cycling does present the risk of dying, it's still a better death. Oh, I mean, a lot of the the, the commentary that it, uh, came with this story is certainly if you if you were stupid enough, and I was stupid enough. To look at the comments on some of the stories here, the, the thread was basically yada, yada, yada. Who cares whether it's healthy for you? Because you're just going to get hit by a truck or you're just breathing in fumes. So, in fact, cycling isn't that good for you. Uh, and a whole bunch of newspapers in this country basically went out and interviewed people and said, oh, but these people say this. So a, a peer-reviewed a medical study was then up against just... just asking people in the street what they thought, which is which is kind of mental. But that was the kind of level of coverage it got. But the very fact that it, it got so much acreage of masses and masses of coverage means it has struck a chord. It has got through. And it's probably got through than, uh, better than many other studies in, in previous studies because it just did seem to be everywhere, which is fantastic. Now, if you're statistically minded, I'm not. But I know people who are and who study these kind of graphs. If you actually go into the study and have a look at this particular graph that they use for the, the, the benefits of cycling, the, the, the statisticians, the professors of statistics who I know have looked at this, they just went, wow, it is off the scale. It is just so impressive. And it isn't just exercise. It is that specific exercise, which is which is cycling to work. Besides, it's good for your knees. It's good for so many things. <laughs> now, I would now like to go on to a, an email that David forwarded to me uh, from uh, Tony Miles, who said, he, I'm a long-time listener of the Spokesman podcast, which always gets us to, to uh, prick our ears up, of course. Uh, I'll put some links in the, the show notes to the, the media coverage he got. But I think he, he said he was also a longtime listener of the Fredcast. Let's be there clear. Was, there was brackets there. I agree. There was brackets there. Uh, so he, he's talking Speaking about... Speaking of how, the dead. Yeah. He, he listens to us talking about how the, the incidents we were talking about earlier uh, lead to uh, society and police not taking a great deal of interest. And his story is actually something very different in that his local uh, police force did seem as though they went out of their way to actually help him after he'd been, in effect, he had a hit and run uh, where a, a, a truck left a mirror, a wing mirror behind, and the police actually seemed to be caring enough to actually go out looking for it. So... Tony Miles had about four or five news stories that he's, I believe he's been on, on, on local television as well on his, his story. So he's just writing in to tell us that, you know, despite the fact that you have many times talked about how law enforcement agencies don't care, well, sometimes they do care. And here, my local um, bunch of police did actually uh, do some good stuff here, as well as district attorney was also... <laughs> handled the case extremely well so uh jim coming to you first if you've read these stories and you've you've seen the email from from this guy is that heartening the fact that 
the way that the police force handled this, the way that the district attorney, the fact there was a victim's advocate, etc. Is that heartening that all this happened in this particular location? Well, it's it's extremely heartening because of the location, but but also I think you have to look at the facts and and you'll find out why it's heartening. One, they had a video of the actual accident. <clears throat> Two, they had dozens of witnesses, both on bikes and. Um, standing around who obviously looked like they'd seen the thing. And three, they had the, the, the mirror. So in all honesty, mm. this was a slam dunk for the police to be able to say this is the person who did it. it. It's not an issue of I have to go investigate, I have to go find this guy, I have to track down to see if a serial number's on the inside of this mirror someplace. Um, so, I mean, they, they obviously handed him the case, Um with everything they had. So, uh, yes, kudos to the uh, Stahoe Patrolman and law enforcement who went out and got this guy. But at the same time, if you want somebody to, to track down who hit you or who hit one of your friends, uh, ride with a camera um, and ride in a group uh, and, and be able to hand the people uh, everything they need to prosecute the guy and win. Um, and, and Tony was – he was riding with a camera. Um, but I'm just going to disagree with you a little bit, Jim, and say, you know, we've, we've discussed other cases on the show before, and we've all read other cases where, uh, the case is handed to the prosecutor and either nothing is done or the, the offending driver gets a slap on the wrist. Yep. Uh, uh, and in this case, I mean, just look at that last link. You don't even need to read the article. Just look at what the link says. Man who hit cyclist with car denied bond. That's awesome. Well, but there, there's another thing there. You have to understand. The guy just got out of jail 17 years ago mm. for murder. Well, you said, okay, but you said just got out of jail, and then you said 17 years well, ago. So a, 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 there's a lot of judges who would say, well, you know, he hasn't done anything in 17 years, so he d- deserves the benefit of the doubt. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, but again, Jim, we've seen other cases where we've got the license plate number. There's, you know, the the the, the same exact color paint is on the bike uh, that that was on the car. There's all these. Uh, there's a there was video from the 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 on bike camera, and yet nothing ends up happening. I love this case. First of all, and I said this to Tony in my reply, I just love the fact that I got an email from him instead of mm. from you know a widow yeah. or a mom or mm. something like that. Um, so I love that, and I love. That, that, that he was really not seriously injured. So I think that's, yep. you know, he's very, very lucky because this guy, according to what all the accounts, this guy intentionally hit him with his mirror. Um, and I've been in a situation where a mirror has been very, very close to my head intentionally. Um, and uh, that's a scary, scary situation. So I'm just glad that he's alive and that he's going to be getting back on his bike. Um, yep. And I'm just really glad that even though the case was handed to this prosecutor, that they are going after this guy with everything they can. And I hope that it sets an example for others. I'm a little pessimistic that it will, but I hope that it will. So, Jim, you I mentioned the area because it was it's a, I can mention it because it's we've got the links here. So it's, it's Atlanta, Georgia. So is that air? Does that like send alarm bells for you? That's like why that's an unusual place for the, the DA to, to actually take action here. There are sections of the United States where uh, cycling is done by kids only, and if you're an adult, you're an idiot on the road. And mm. I would put that lower southeastern section of the United States in that group. 
Um, everyone drives a different vehicle there. Nobody cycles um, unless you're seven years old and on your way to whatever. Um, and so, that yeah, I, I honestly, I mean, it may, I'm biased, obviously. Um, but, yeah, I think it's sort of amazing that Atlanta did that. Um, I think it's, I mean, don't get me wrong. I think it's absolutely wonderful. But I, uh, the cynic in me, the cynical attorney in me says this was a slam dunk. Um, and there are just too many people of, of a different economic impact against a defendant who didn't have a chance of winning no matter what. So that it, there was just no way they could not do what they did. Hmm. Um, I don't know. The picture picture in the paper shows the guy in his prison garb from 20 years ago, you know. Hmm. Yellow journalism. Um, um, I don't know, Jim. Tour of Georgia was a pretty big deal. Um, And uh, I think that I think that there's plenty of cyclists in the area. I I hope I hope you're right, David. I really, really do. Yeah. Uh, you know, and and more than anything, I hope that we can show other prosecutors that it's you know that they can get convictions and they can win um, if they they tackle these. And I but I think that the most important thing in that favor was the fact that there were witnesses and there were other cyclists out there mm-hmm. who who can put pressure on it. Um, it. You know, prosecution is one of two things: it's either news media or it is pressure. And, and, you know, somebody running to, for district attorney says, I'm going to put all the people who litter in jail. And all of a sudden, littering goes away because it was a promise and that's news. Or it is, um, you know, this is what we're going to do today. We're going to get the jaywalkers. Uh, so it, we got to add that to the list. We got to add that. And that's done by pressure. When something happens, and I've said this before on this, on this podcast, you hear about somebody hit by a car in your locale, email, tweet, phone the district attorney and say, this guy needs to be prosecuted. I am a cyclist. My life is at risk when idiots like this are on the road. I expect yeah. you to do something. Yeah. Well, it was a good You're positive right. story, and we are going to end the show on that, that positive note. Um, now, and this is where I, I'd really like Donna to be on the show because uh, David, before we came on air, said he, he's, he's going to, no matter what I do, no matter what I say, he's going to bring up the subject of tips. Yep. <sighs> Donna has already got a tip. So I should have, in fact, I could have even tweeted for it for this tip from Donna, but I haven't. Um, so this is the, the, the part of the show where we go around the table and we ask where we can where we can contact people. And we know that David is in, is in midair most of the time. So that's where you contact David. <laughs> you contact him via the Delta Wi-Fi. Correct. Um, <laughs> um, but we are going to go around the table. And we are, I'm, I'm Jim, I'm just giving you a bit of a forewarning here in that I am, I am caving to pressure. Yes. And that is... <laughs> Uh, but I can come to you last if you like, um, and and that is uh, the the pressure from David and and the 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 pressure that not at all any pressure at all apart from the uh, the pressure that she always says she has a, a tip at the beginning of the show we never use it but anyway for from Donna so David I'm going to come to you first and you're going to give me a tip and you are mm-hmm. going to tell uh, the listeners where where we can listen to the newbie. I have been waiting to give this tip for the longest time. Um, <laughs> I have two. I will hold one for the next time I'm on the show. Uh, great. Um, Showing off. Um, yeah, yeah. So when I started the Fredcast, one of the things I loved doing was product reviews, product tests and product reviews. Um, 
And I always aspired to try to give um, as much objective information as possible and data and and try to give the listener uh, the opportunity to make their own decision, but their own informed decision through the testing that I had done. I kind of think I probably failed miserably most of the time, but I think I gave some information. There is a website that I use. For general um, products, I need to buy a new vacuum. Uh, I need to buy uh, a new paper shredder for the office. I need to buy a barbecue. I don't know, whatever. There's a website called The Wire Cutter. And if you're not familiar with it, go check it out. Because pretty much whatever they've recommended at the top of their list is what I'm going to end up buying. Because they're just they're, – they're, their methodology is incredible and they do a great job. And I always wanted to be that for bikes. But there is a website that is that, in my opinion, and that's DC Rainmaker. And that's Mm. my tip. If you are looking to buy something, um, chances are he has reviewed it. And his reviews, whether it's on his website or on his YouTube channel, are incredibly complete. He spends a lot of time testing the product, going through a very strict methodology, and at the end of the day, if he recommends something, you can really trust it. So as an example, you want to go buy a new um, bike computer, go check it out. He's going to give you uh, some great examples. You want to go buy a new um, indoor trainer. I know it's spring, but if you want to go buy a new indoor trainer, he's got comparisons like you can't believe totally objective, lots of data, and he does a great job. So my tip is DC Rainmaker. It's just a great website when you want to buy um, products. Jim, you were laughing like you've been there. No, you. I was laughing because you disappeared for a second. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Where oh, do you get the computer from that won't lead to dropouts? Ah, the wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, go, so the wire cutter is for general stuff and DC Rainmaker is for, for bike stuff. But Carlton, you were also going to say something before well, I say it, it, It's done by Raymaker and it's very good yep. on electronic stuff for sure. Yep. Um, he's an American guy who lives in France yep. and he gets his hands on stuff before anybody else gets his hands on stuff. So his, his reviews were so good that he became very viral quite quickly and was very much from power meters. So he was a triathlete, yep. wasn't he? So he 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 tested a lot of um, power meters. That's how I would say his forte is uh, mm-hmm. power meters and electronic stuff. And then the manufacturers realized that he was talking to people and uh, either encouraging people to buy certain products or not encouraging them to buy other products. He was somebody who was incredibly influential in this particular power meter space. So they then very intelligently started giving him stuff early. So he would then get the the inside scoop on stuff that nobody else was was seeing, and then by the time it comes to the market, he's actually got you know really really good review on yeah. it. So the manufacturers are working with him hand in glove, in a quite sensible way. However, he is incredibly impartial. So he's not if he says something's crap, you can pretty much guarantee it. It it isn't a good product, and he says that he's he's not uh, making his money from saying duff products are good so ray maker i i absolutely agree is a good guy to to go and get your tech tips from yeah for sure it's it's you know it's what you were saying Uh, it's sort of like uh when mossberg was at the wall street journal apple would give him 
every new product early. Mm. He had it before anybody else. So that on the day the product actually was announced or the day the product came out, he would have his review. So mm -hmm. um, that's kind of a nice position to be in. Um, so yeah, DC Rainmaker, check it out. I've got another tip for next time, which I will hang on to. Uh, I'm David Bernstein. I um, started Bornstein, this isn't it? Bornstein? Yeah, it was Bornstein. Bornstein. Um, mm. So yeah, I started the show. I started the Fredcast, and uh, I now do none of them. But <laughs> you can find me. I think the best place to find me these days, because um, I've like turned off Facebook, um, is probably mm. on uh, Instagram, um, where I will occasionally post things from the road, whether that's on my bike or on business, and that uh, my Instagram name is just Fredcast. Cool. And yeah. Jim, where can we hear from you? And your tip. And your uh, tip. Thank you. Yes. Bernstein. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I've got I, my problem is I always keep a list of tips in case we need them, but we haven't used them so long. <laughs> I can't remember which ones we've given. I've given up already, um, and which I'm ones. Call your brother. I guarantee you, Dan knows. I know. Well, I had several that I put up last week, and Danny had, of course, came up with all of them, um, and and uh, but it disappeared. So yeah, Danny, if you're out there. So your tip is basically gen up on tips before you come on the show now, but just in case yeah. David's on the show. Exactly. Or, or you know, have a great brother who can <laughs> give you tips all the time. Mm. Um, I get a tip that I should have – I tried to give it to him, but don't go road biking in Utah. <laughs> hey! <laughs> Why? Danny, Danny and his wife took off and visited all the national parks in Utah and took the road bikes. And I kept trying to give him mountain bikes. You'll have a lot more fun, but Danny's not a mountain biker. So um, he, he and his wife, Andrea, took the road bikes and rode in the national parks. Thank heavens they didn't ride outside the national parks. And they weren't really near Park City. So I would have had him stop by. But uh, I, I, this here, tip, tip, tip. Uh, put a camera on your bike, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, you know, the other thing is that if you don't have a camera, I've seen a couple cases in the last couple of years that have been won based on what their computer said, um, because the computer can give an exact location or a computer can give an exact time on what something happened, uh, and and cops seem to like that. They, uh, law enforcement personnel seem to like the fact that it's it's very specific and it can back up what you're saying. If you say this happened, your computer can help back up parts of it and that gives you more credibility. Hate giving law enforcement legal tips. Okay, and where can we get in touch with you? You, you didn't tell us where we can find you, uh, Jim. Recreation Law. So recreation.law at gmail.com or my website, recreation-law.com um, or Google Recreation Law. Uh, go to my website. My website n numbers have dropped. Not sure what's going on there, but I'm working on it. So, well, there's um, a tip for you. Go to your uh, website. Boost yeah, your numbers. Here's yeah. my tip. If, if you can if, find if my tip on this lawyer, website, if if you're not a lawyer or an educator, it, you know the cycling articles are good, but there's not enough of them to really keep you busy for a while. So, I'm working on it. Okay, thank you. And my tip is more, but well, you are allowed to do recommendations as well, aren't you? So I will slightly go backwards in that uh, the last podcast that I put out had incredibly terrible audio. And that was that I almost should have a tip on don't record in an echoey room uh, without putting your headphones in to work out you are in this awful echoey room. Because I interviewed Peter Walker, 
who's a Guardian journalist and the author of Bike Nation. And uh, the subhead, the subtitle to that book is the reason I'm now recommending this this book, because it talks about how cycling can save the world. So go listen to that that podcast with uh, with with Peter and other guests from the, the last show, but also just get his book. It's a it's an excellent book. And I actually got uh, some things out of it apart from cycling because he's very good on actually the health. So we talked about the health things that that study came out. So he's got tons of other studies in there about why cycling is so good for you. But he had this other stuff because he's talking to public health specialists. And the thing that's the, the thing that's come out of the book for me more than all the cycling stuff, bizarrely, is the fact you've got to stand up more. Sitting down is the new smoking. Uh, ah. and sitting down on a bike is okay because at least you're using your muscles but basically it's don't sit down so much so if you've got an apple watch if mm-hmm. you've got a fitbit and if it tells you to stand up it's not just nagging you for no reason it's telling you to stand up because we sit down too much and before the show came on out we were talking about joe breeze uh, because uh, Richard from Cyclicious was at Sea Otter with, with and he talked to, to Joe, and Joe gave a fantastic story about uh, Cinelli back in the day, 1970s. But I've got a Joe Bree story, uh, which ties into this, because uh, Joe is one of these people who, when you go to around to his house, which I have done, he has his, when you email him, he will have e- replied to you back standing up. So he's got a standing desk. So when I saw this a couple of years ago and I went around, I had no idea what this was. Like, why is Joe standing up replying to emails? Looking at Peter's book and how public health specialists are very much now in agreement that it's the sitting down element of sloth. That's what's doing it. It's the fact that we're not moving our leg muscles enough. So if nothing else, if no other tip gets through from from peter's book then that's the one just stand up more walk around a bit more each day and no matter what kind of job you do unless you're an agricultural worker and you're walking around of course all day long then i think that's a fantastic tip just get up off your tush and do stuff every hour i uh i turned that off on my apple watch because it was really annoying (laughs) It's annoying, but there's there's the reason. No, there's the reason because it's it's nagging you for good reason. It's annoying because it's right, David. It's (laughs) your watch is right. The public health specialists say you must must be doing this. Okay, so I am Carlton Reed uh, at mac dot com for my email. I am Carlton Reed on Twitter. I'm Carlton Reed, actually one word reid for pretty much most things, to tell the truth. Um, And I'm the executive editor of Bike Biz. And because David hasn't been on the show uh, for a wee while, would you like to do the closeout for the show, David? Or because you love because you love the way I do it. I I think you're the world's expert at closing the show. I do. I do. See if I can remember how to do it. Um, Well, this is and has been the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. For show notes and links, please visit our website at www.the-spokesmen.com. My great thanks to Carlton uh, and to Jim and for David for being a guest (laughs) on today's episode of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. 
But more importantly, my thanks to you, the listeners, for listening and staying subscribed and telling your friends about the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. We will be back in another couple of weeks, two to be exact, with another episode of the Spokesman Cycling Roundtable podcast. But between this show and the next, the Spokesman have spoken.